I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, your Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 20. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And I'm Giles. And the transfer window has slammed shut. What a manic day yesterday was. You know, I always I always sit and think I would love to work in football in some capacity, apart from transfer deadline day, which just seems like absolute hell. Um, we're going to do a review of all the business that Spurs have done. Um, I guess the first place to start is like, are you both happy with the how the window's gone from a Spurs point of view? Are you frustrated, disappointed? What are your overall thoughts on it? I went into the window not having particularly high expectations, uh, despite although I was quite fearful at the same time. I thought this could be this could be Conte walking early if he doesn't get backed. I think it's hard to it's hard to gauge how happy I am with it because the two signings, one of them is is more known than the other, certainly to me, and certainly sounds promising. But then the caveat to that would be Brian Hill was promising too. And obviously we've shipped him back out. I think in terms of outgoings, that's where I, I, I think it seems to make a lot more sense. And true to when Poch first came in and there was a few egos or characters that he wanted rid of, I think it's easy to underestimate how significant that can be. And I think the fact that Conte's got rid of maybe three of those four could be guilty of falling into that category. I think that that much is a success. Yeah, ASD, what do you think? Yeah, we, we have to do the brutal clearing of the deadwood. I mean, and Don Bally, there's a few memories there, but what's he done, really? Like, really, what's he done? I'm, that goal he scored was against Burnley with the outside of the foot, and not much else, but I always think of his goldy looking chain. Uh, GLC has done nothing. Like, he always had the potential, but he, he has done nothing for us. And, can I just say, yeah. SB, on, on La Celso, I saw an amazing tweet last night. I should have retweeted it, which was the highlights reel of his best Premier League goals for Spurs. And it shows the <laughs> goal against Man City. And then it goes, thanks for watching. <laughs> killed me. Well, they've, between them, they've scored seven goals in 117 league games, which is an utter shock. Oh, and like Bardi tweeted this is that's only one goal more than Paulinho mentioned meant did in 45 games you know um so good to clear them out Delhi we'll get on to Delhi you know I just want to see the boy happy um it's sad but it's a good thing and then Brian let's get him beefed up I think there's potential there like he's a beautiful player on the ball is he cut out for the Premier League like there's a team of midgets there somewhere you know, the Arsenal had the team of midgets for a while. Santi Cazorla was pretty good, but he was a bit stockier, wasn't he? He, he does look a bit lightweight, but great. Let him go to Valencia. Um, and, yeah, it was a great window. The other two they brought in. Um, let's see. Everything you read is really mixed. Um, Vulu looks really interesting. Like, I'm excited. Benzica, who knows? It, that was a weird one, considering we've got Skip and Wink and Hoiberg all playing around the same area. But he looks a little bit more progressive, a bit more of the winks than the Hoiberg and the skip. So, and Conte knows what he's doing. So I'm, I'm trusting the system. I'm happy with the window. I didn't expect there to be massive. Unless you're going crazy like Villa or Newcastle, I didn't expect any craziness and we didn't get it. But, I mean, my it's still every transfer window. Arsenal are my favourite people. Like They just let their star striker <laughs> go. They just cancelled his contract just to get him off. I thought we were going to mm. have a... Um, a Berahino situation where he was at like the door locked out of the new camp and not getting the contract. And I was dream. I was hoping. I was hoping that I really was because at one just... at one stage it was hilarious and then sadly it went through. But like, it, it's just brilliant. But like, the Kashalny video, the reveal that video, was incredible. That was, wasn't he? he took the <laughs> top those... off, didn't he? he? Had the other he... kit on underneath. Those, yeah. For those who don't, he signed for who was it? He signed for yes, Bordeaux. And he had an Arsenal kit on in the reveal video for Bordeaux. Took the Arsenal kit off to reveal a Bordeaux shirt. You can't do that. And then yeah. you're selling your best player to Man United who scores, a, you know, in Van Persie who goes and scores against you. Like, it, they are the banter club. And they've only got two strikers now. Lacazette, who's not very good. And then they kept in Ketia, who's Ketia. not particularly yeah. good. So anyway, but we've only got one strike. I was just looking at our squad depth. Um, 
it's actually not that bad. So, you know, across the back, Royal and Doherty, then you've got Romero, Sanchez, Dyer, Rodon, Davis, Tanganga, Reggie and Sess, Hoiberg and Skip, Fentico, Winks, Lucas and Kulicheski, Son and Bergwijn, and then just Kane. So it's not that bad, really. If one of those attacking players gets injured, then we're kind of screwed, aren't we? Because, like, Kane needs the rest at some point, and then we're, it becomes a bit disjointed, and we still don't have a number 10. But to answer your question... Good window. <laughs> what was the question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think it was a good window as well. And going into it again, you've got to be you're hopeful, right? Because it's a it's a transfer window, and we're football fans, and it's like it's impossible to not get swept up in the hype of oh my god, we're going to make an unreal signing. But like being trying to be quite realistic, it was again, it was just about getting players out. And it's like yeah. people were saying, oh, we've let X amount of players go, and he brought two in. You've got to bear in mind, like. Undembele, Lo Celso and Delhi were not playing. So it's mm. like, we're not really, if we hadn't brought anyone in, in midfield, we wouldn't have really been losing that because they haven't been playing. Um, I think Bentacor is an interesting one, but both, both the lads we've brought in from Juve, they're both quite young. I think Bentacor's 25, um, mm. Kulusevski's what, 21, 22? So it's like, for 21, me, yeah. that's the kind yeah, that's the kind of profile of a player I think we should be going to buy because it's like, there's, a, there's obviously potential in them. You can get them for not a ridiculous transfer fee and again you don't want to be going out and spending 78 million pound because it's like the chances of that actually working is very very rare nowadays so actually going into the market for those kind of players um makes perfect sense for me i was a little bit surprised that we brought kulazevsky and i think i'm pronouncing that right um mm. just because we've got a lot of that kind of player but obviously they've seen something there that they think he's too good a player to to not have involved in the squad or whatever um and bentacore I'm just pleased we've strengthened the centre of the park because we've really, you know, honestly, when Skip doesn't play, we've massively struggled. And it's like, you know, we need a bit more depth in there. Um, I, I think the I, other thing about those two players, Jack, is that um, you're right to flag that they're both very young. And, and Kulisevsky, I think, is only, is only 21. But the other the other key attribute, which I think is, is quite telling and fits perfectly with Conte, is they're both apparently obsessive about winning. Like uh, Bentico is apparently one of those, you know, win or else type of guys on the pitch. He sounds like Hoberg on steroids. And I didn't think you could get someone with him on steroids. Like, he sounds like that much of a just so obsessed with win. A bit like um, a bit like Jose is as a manager. It's just nothing else matters. And Kulisevsky, what I've read about him in recent um, weeks, because I remember when the link was first made, I think it was pre-Christmas, although it was weighted more towards Arsenal. I did a bit of reading up on him and then subsequently since we signed. And he's also just remarkably uh, focused. You might have heard this, but when he found out he was going to be playing under um, Maurizio Sarri, he watched every single Chelsea game of the entire season all 90 minutes of every game to understand what it was like to play under Sarri. I mean, that is that is ridiculous. He's not one of those players playing FIFA all night. He's just honing his game and studying the game. And his running stats are fucking ridiculous. Sorry, I don't know if we can swear. I can't remember. But he, he, was, he was the top. Uh, he covered the most distance, I think, in the Serie A per game, regularly hitting 14 kilometres, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. So he, he's going to make Lucas Moura look lazy, I think. And that is a brilliant thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just like that we're getting players from a, a decent side. Do you know what I mean? It's like you get no disrespect, but you get linked up with players from Marseille or, do you know what I mean, Royal Antwerp, and you just think it's a little bit... Or lose, or like, that non-league lose. Yeah, chat. but, like you know, like these guys have been playing at the top level. They've been in a winning environment for the last however long they've been at, at Juve. Playing in the Champions League, it's like, that's the kind of player I do think we need to be targeting and going after. So, hopefully... Yeah. They, they settle fairly quickly. That That's the thing. It always feels like with Spurs, we buy players. It takes them six months to even play. Um, so, I, you know, I'd love to see them involved in the next couple of weeks, sort of in a Premier League game. Maybe the Brighton game might be a bit too soon with registrations and that. But it'd be great to see them in action soon. Um, the big one, though, really, for Spurs was, was Delhi going, wasn't it? And it's like, yeah. I think I've been very, we need he needs to go, we need to move him on. And then when it happened, I felt a little bit uneasy with it. Part of me was like, oh, I, I don't know. It's like, I know it's the right move because he hasn't played well for however long it is for us. But something just, I don't know, it just didn't feel all that good, him actually going in the end. And he's put a really nice thing on um, social media today, hasn't he? Just basically yeah. thanking Spurs, the fans, Pochettino. 
Um, it's going to be very strange him not being there. Like it, it, seven years he's been at Spurs. I couldn't believe it when I read that. Mm. Obviously, I know, I know he'd been there sort of since Pops took over. But seven years it feels mad, doesn't it, for a player that's mm. still so young? Um, and for me, like that really marks the end of that team now. Like I think Delhi was probably the last one that still sort of reminded you of the days under Pochettino and all of that stuff. You know, he really did sort of. A, 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 well completely make that team didn't he you know like with his pressing from the front his goals his energy so it's going to be very strange him not being at Spurs we've still got to play Everton at home haven't we I don't think we've had them at, at home yet so I mean him coming back the reception he will get will be absolutely remarkable um I think Everton have done a really good bit of business getting him in because with Lampard going in there the thing is with Delhi, he knows how to score goals, doesn't he? And there aren't many midfielders that can do that in, in the modern game. So I think Everton have done well getting him with the deal they've got. Because if he goes there and actually it doesn't work out, they won't spend a great deal amount of money. On the mm. flip side, from Levy's point of view, you know, the add-ons, it can rise to like 40 mil, can't it? Something absolutely absurd if yeah. Everton go on and do amazing things. So that was the one for me that was the sort of the big one that made me go a little bit like, oh, but... Hopefully, he rediscovers this form. It'd be great to see him back in England shirt again. It's, it's breaking up with your first girlfriend, isn't it? You have to do it's it. Exactly that. You sort of remember it for the rest of your life, sort of thing. You know, it's it. I just like, like Morrissey says, I just want to see him happy. Just want to see the boy happy. You know, he he hasn't been enjoying his football. He just, he's that. I mean, if you have a look at all the compilations that've been going out, there's no highlights from the last like two or three years. It's all stuff under Potch. And you know, there's a player in there. Has he like? There's a bit. You know, he came in and he was the lower league Aggie player, and then he became a bit big shot, and he he didn't he didn't deliver. And uh, I just I'm very happy for him to see him get a new environment. Hopefully, what I want I I just want to see him work hard at, at doing his job. You know, because he wasn't doing it for us. I, um, I'd love to go to that Everton game. I might look for tickets for that one because it would be lovely to see him come up. You know, come back. Um, imagine. Brentford playing Everton and yeah, Delhi versus Ericsson. Like, yeah. That's going to be a mind. Brentford that was, getting Ericsson. Oh, what a coup. Imagine, Imagine two years fan. ago being a Brentford fan yeah. thinking we're going to get Ericsson. I mean, that just wouldn't have entered your head. New ground, Premier League, in the week where Ivan Tony swears about <laughs> <like> your club, <laughs> which is hilarious, you get like, one of the best Brentford builders the Premier League's ever seen. And yeah. it's just, it, yeah, I, I'm so happy for every everyone involved. I would have liked to have had him come to Spurs. Well, but... there was a lot of talk, weren't there, of us being back in for him. And I think it was Gareth on our on our group chat said it would have been such a Spursy thing. We replaced Bale with Bale, and then we we're going to be replacing <laughs> Ericsson with Ericsson. I see yeah. somebody tweet earlier as well, being like, "How long is it until someone says bring back Delhi?" And, and that's the next <laughs> one. This feels like, you know, I feel like we're a bit weird Spurs with transfers. We get so attached to our players, they go, and we just want, even though we know it's right for them to leave, we just want to bring them all back. We're so pathetically romantic. That's what it is. Um, and Ndombele going as well. I, again, I think that was really, really good business. Us just getting him out. He's gone on loan. I'm, I'm not sure if there were obligations to buy. Or there's a buy option it's in that deal. Option. Or not. It's an option, but it's, it's an option. Yeah, million euros. It's a crazy amount of money. Yeah. It's not. It's never going to happen, is it? Even if he plays like Pele, happen. they're not going to sign him for that. Um, it's just good to get him out. Like he's a stink around the training ground, isn't he? Like it, it's just never happened. He's never going to want it enough. I just and and also him going back to the French league, which is a much weaker league. Like he will do well there. So then yeah, it's like man. he does come back to Spurs. Like we're going to sell him in the summer. It's like but actually his market value will probably be a bit higher because he's gone and had a good six months. So mm-hmm. I think it's win-win really. But I mean he's not cut out to play for Spurs or in the Premier League. It's just such a wasted talent isn't it but you know you know when you're having an argument with someone and you're adamant that you're right and they're wrong and then over time you keep revisiting the same thing and you start to think maybe I am wrong but then you've you're in too deep to turn around that's where I felt like I was within Dombelli because I felt like I've backed him for so long and it's nothing it's just so depressing when you realize actually the other guy's right yeah. and we do need to get rid of him and now he's gone I'm delighted because I just want to like close that door and, and not think about it again well at least till June or July when he's back yeah. but it's, it's a massive sign for me that um Conte is being backed because I saw loads of stuff on there yesterday like Conte they've not backed him he's gonna walk blah blah and it's like Getting rid of Undembele and Lo Celso, two of our biggest signings on loan, and not even selling them and getting money, that is a mm. massive sign that we're going to back this manager for me. And it's like, 
I'm sure there were other targets that we were trying to bring in, but like just saying to him, you know what, players that are on big wages that we've backed for a number of seasons, if you don't want them, we'll get them out. That for me was a, a really big step. I feel like that kind of thing wouldn't have happened before Conte coming in. I feel like the, we sort of have turned a corner, at least with getting players out. How many players have we seen over the last 10 years just sort of stick it out until their contracts run out and we've just not mm. cut our cut our losses and got rid of them so I was just really really pleased to see all of that stuff happening and you just hope now that Conte's got a group of players that just want to work for him and are going to run through brick walls and give everything that's all I want to see for the remainder of the season it's just like for too long we've had players that have just been very half-hearted in what they've been doing and now you just want to see a committed group for the remainder of the season because top four's on you know I'm not saying that's we on. should get it or we will get it but there's an opportunity for us if we put a good run of games together that we bizarrely could end up playing Champions League football next season, which just yeah. feels crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's no injuries now. Everyone's back, which is great. So Sun's back. I, I'm predicting now that from now until the end of the season, Lucas Moura will be our best player or our player of the season, just because I, he just fits that mould. Just do your, do what you're told, work really hard, and it'll just happen. And I think you don't try and be an individual like you were under um, under Nuno or as you were under Mourinho, just go out, do what I tell you to do, and we will mm. do well. And I think he will do really well. Uh, I think he's been our player of the season so far, though. To be fair, yeah. I don't think he's got. I, I think I don't yeah. really think he's done much wrong. And I, and I think having the added pressure with a couple of new midfielders, albeit only one that would be you know like for like, just adds pressure. I mean, this Kulusevski plays a ten role or used to play number ten more frequently. He has been used as a false nine, so it's not direct pressure on Kane. But at least he knows there's someone else sniffing around yeah. for his role. And just that with the mix with the right attitude and getting rid of people with the wrong attitude. Is just it's just the best our best opportunity to get that top four spot. And as Hugo Lloris has regularly ranted after poor losses, like he did with the Europa Cup, you know, tragic game where he came out and had a very unLorisi rant at players. I think that reading into that is obviously there's people there whose attitude wasn't right. So getting rid of people whose attitude wasn't right and bringing them in with people who just want to win can only work in our favour. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we, I feel like ASD. We always talk all the time, don't we? We always compare football to like real, the, the a real life job that we all do, and we're always bringing it back to you'd rather have somebody working with you or for you that has got the attitude and maybe lacks a little bit of the technical stuff than the other way around because you know they're just going to give their all and most of the time, especially in football. Like if you don't work, if you work harder than the other team, you're probably going to beat them at any level. Yeah. Like I feel like Liverpool completely sort of define that. You like look look at a lot of yeah. players, their midfielders, you know, great individual players that you'd look at them and you think, what have you actually really got? But they just work their absolute socks off. And it's like I just I'd love for us to get back to being that team, you know, that's just uncomfortable to play against. You know that we're going to run you in the ground, and it's just like, and then you sort of like combine that with the quality of Sun and Kane you just think surely that's a good recipe but I won't get too ahead of myself but I'm excited now for the rest of the season I feel like we needed a window like that which was positive and you look at the sides around us Arsenal, Chelsea, United, West Ham none of them have had a good window in terms of bringing people in like they're all the same or a little bit weaker now um so I think it's a really good chance for us to, to go for the next sort of few months and really try and make some of the season. I'm interested to see what Paratici does in the summer because he's had six months to line up. I mean, his job is to line up deals and to build a squad. It, it didn't happen in January, obviously. The, and there's also, we, I think we need to remember that Twitter is not the truth. The papers aren't the truth. And so we hear all these rumours that we're in for this play or we've made the big. We don't know if that's the truth. And Because the only people who are involved are the lawyers and the people who run the club and agents. And agents, the lawyers and the people who run the club aren't going to put information out. And the agents are, and and the only reason they're going to do it is to try and get some bias or to try and pressurise someone. We don't know what's going on, and I think we just need to calm down and just wait till the summer. And you're right, like those teams haven't strengthened at all, really. Um, United are in a mess because of obvious reasons, yeah. and like they, it's the culture. Like West Ham are now beginning to falter. Arsenal are dem- demonstrably weaker because they believe the it. business Arsenal have done. Like I'm staggered that no. they've let. I know, and I know it's players that are not that great, but like even someone like Callum Chambers, they've just let him, and they've not brought anyone in. And you mm, just Willock as well. You know, it's really yeah. odd. 
it would have been like us getting, you know, getting rid of like Sanchez, Winks and like Doherty and just doing nothing. And it's like, but if you get an injury in that position, you're, you're absolutely screwed. Um, I suppose they'll just say they've got another COVID outbreak, wouldn't they? And just get all the games <laughs> for that. But um, staggering some of the business they've done. I just, I was really, really surprised. Unless they were after players and it didn't happen. I just can't believe their strategy would have been, let's get rid of four or five players. And well, they, they went all in for Vlahovic, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah, really did. They Vlahovic went in hard. Yeah, and no. we helped finance Juve getting him instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the point about Liverpool versus Tottenham, we've only got four players now from the starting lineup. So Lloris Winks, Kane and Son. I think they've got all but one of them and when Aljum's gone. So like, we need to build that team and a system that then mm. people like a player like once you have that system, you can then just go and buy one player that just improves it. You know, yeah. Van Dijk, <clears throat> Diaz. We were never going to get Diaz when he, when Liverpool come into it. But that's the sort of opposition I want to be. I don't want to be in BBC gossip going, you know, Spurs, West Ham and Newcastle yeah. into the player. I want it to be Man United, Liverpool. I'd rather single players. Because that's the problem is how many players have we bought in the last five years that have improved our first team? You go Reggie, probably Romero, definitely. And that's it. And that is a massive problem. Like yeah. that's a real problem. And I know yeah. all the play like the players who've left now were meant to have done that, but they haven't. And so I do think as well, a lot of teams are in a similar position with that kind of thing. It's like if you think about like all of the top sides really, there aren't that many real elite players out there that move a lot of the time you know they just end up staying with those top sides for four or five years it's like it is what it is and it's like i saw loads of spurs fans moaning and we need a striker we need a striker everyone needs a striker every team in the world needs to mm. buy a striker so it's like it's not as if there's just 50 carrying benzema's out there that you can just go and pick from it's like these top strikers there's so few of them or they're sort of 32 33 and you, you you're not going to go and get them um or their harlands which are just going to cost you 250 million there's just no way you can get them so it's like people just have to be a little bit more realistic given the type of targets you can actually go and buy it's like everyone's in the same boat i talked sport on earlier west ham fan absolutely slating them for not strengthening and it's like they would have tried they wouldn't have yeah. gone we'll just sit on what we've got it's like I think people just, because you don't read reports of deals falling through, you just assume other oh, club have done nothing. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I love a January transfer window. I find it just so fascinating that people's heads go so quickly. And it's like, and I also yeah. love that deals happen from out of nowhere. Like the Aubameyang stuff was just, where did that come from? It was all suddenly signed for Barcelona. And you think, what? That Diaz thing, though, I've seen people slating Spurs and slating Daniel Levy for... I don't know, not increasing the bid sufficiently to get him through. But the thing is, the days, and I still remember them because I'm I'm marginally, I'll say, older than you two, but I remember the days where you could literally bundle Jurgen Klinsmann onto a yacht and refuse to let him back off until he'd signed a contract. You can't do that anymore. Like, the agents are so involved and they make so much money, it's ludicrous, that, of course, one of the three agents reportedly involved was going to leak it to Liverpool because he knew they'd trump our offer and they knew that they wanted him. So, I... I, I I think all we can do in that instance is just be, I suppose, vaguely in, pleased that we had the ambition to get him and the fact we didn't, well, we just didn't because who would you choose if you were him at this this stage? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd also, I, I do think there's a bit where Levy pissing about with structured deals and trying to penny pinch, it may be yeah. a, a hindrance if we want to go for those elite players, like pay what they're worth because there's plenty of clubs now with the cash to go yeah. and pay what they're worth and to offer them just, like, it's great having the best stadium in the world, but you're there 90 minutes a week. It's great having... Yeah, I get that. Time. You know, it's... it's the, and Is Levy's dealings matching the scale of our ambition? <clears throat> it's great to go from a bottom, like, middling club to a top four club, but if... Top six club, but if we're going to be consistently top four, top three, is the way he deals with transfers, right? No, it's not. It's one of those things where when it works, it's incredible, and when it doesn't, it's infuriating. And I think where yeah. it has worked is the structuring of of our deal with um, Kulisevsky because it's an 18 month loan so it's not even going to go like through the books for 18 months and then even when it does it's going to be split by the five-year contract so five million a year is going to go through their accounts and likewise getting rid of Delhi I mean it's technically a free transfer with add-ons that could go up to 40. Everton from a financial fair play 
perspective whether you believe it's you know particularly stringent or not but they're in a mesh there's no way they could have funded any type of deal to get him had Daniel Levy not created this structure and I imagine he was a, a key part of making it doable from their perspective so you're right it is infuriating but then equally there are pluses to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking just the top five percent of the play if we're going for Diaz just offer offer the 70 mil it's like on FIFA yeah. if you really want to play it just offer five mil over the asking the normal asking price and you get them every time it's 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 get yeah, it done early get it done get it done early but you're, you're totally right on the just if being more empathetic to the needs of other clubs when with clearing stuff but also it's not the well, amount Stato of money you spend to us earlier was um, sorry oh, sorry i was just gonna say just on the delhi deal as well that um stato was saying to us that we get out of having to pay mk dons anything as well, who had a 20% sell-on clause in there and in the deal, but it's a free transfer. So it's like, they must be absolutely raging. That'd be the last time they do any dealings with us. <clears throat> Well, it's but like when we bought um, Vorm, isn't it? I was talking to ASD about it. It's the same as when we bought Vorm. He was technically free and all the money went in with, um, was that when we bought Ben Davis no, in the no. same? No, yeah, who yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Davis. Same deal. Um, well, we've done it now with Benzikar and Kulichewski, where we pay, we overpay for Kuliczewski because um, bentica has got a 30% sell-on fee for yeah. Boca Juniors. And so they've been screwed. <clears throat> Just dark dealings. The, yeah. the only point yeah. I was going to make then, though, about the money and the quantity of money that we spend is you, the, you look at clubs like Everton. They reportedly, since um, their chairman came in, I've forgotten his name, Mosh, uh, whatever, he, he's, they've bought 54 players in those five years. I've been through five managers, 54 players, two of my best mates, their brothers, they're, they're mad Everton fans. And I asked them that and they within seconds listed about 40 that they could think of that they'd acquired. And they're all, apart from um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who was a snip, they're all just average, bang average players. And yet that's what, you know, however many hundreds of million of pounds get you. So it's all about, you know, the right recruitment. And yes, it's annoying we didn't spend another five million to get Diaz over the line, but I still don't believe that would have done it. I think his agent still would have leaked it and Liverpool still would have come in. Agree, agree. And on Everton, they give like 30-odd million for Alex Iwobi, didn't they, a couple of Yeah, years. there you go, yeah. You think like when you're seeing a club do that kind of deal, you think who is in charge over there? Like Arsenal fans must have been absolutely laughing their heads off when that happened. Oh, it's a mess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but all in all, good good January transfer window. It was honestly like... I would love to have been on fly on the wall in Fabrizio Romano's office yesterday because I just imagine that he had one hell of a day of it. He's probably sleeping it off today. Yeah. Oh, how does he get his information? He must. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's. I, I, good luck to him. Yeah. yeah. Can, um, can we do daily memories? Just a, one favourite daily yeah. memory, not an obvious one, or you know, because he he did, he's he's given me some of my favourite Tottenham memories. I think you know. Absolutely brilliant the, player. Oh yeah. god, the, the the long ball from Toby with a chest or a knee, and then yeah. hitting it just as it comes back. He did it against Leicester. He did it against Chelsea. He did it uh, against times. Everton, I think. Everton, yeah, that was a joy to see. But um, there was a goal. I think it was against Watford or Swansea. It was at home. <clears throat> Dembele had just been fouled, and it it was one of the few Watford, and it's one of the few, and it comes back to Delhi. And he scores like this curling long shot into the top right hand corner into the south stand. He never shot from outside the box because he's got no power. Like he's never had mm. power. Um, it just felt like he was angry and just needed to score. And I think my favourite picture of Spurs in recent years is Delhi with, with his hand behind his ear to the Chelsea fans. Chelsea fans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the best, isn't that, it? Yeah, that's three one. He scored two in that game, didn't he? It was Ericsson. Yeah, Delhi, Delhi. That that goal was probably my favourite of his. The, the first one of his. Giles, how about you? Favourite Delhi memories? Oh, it's probably one of those goals. I mean, it was it was the take. It was that when he took the ball in his stride and finished with his next stride against um uh, was it was it checking goal? It probably was. That to me was just. I mean, that I'll never forget. That was, I say I never forget it. I clearly have forgotten some of it. The other thing I've always loved about him, and I know I know you shouldn't celebrate people show showboating for the sake of it, but. When he first came into the club and they had that game against uh, Madrid and he, and, he made Modric, yes. and he made Modric twice, yeah. I, that just shows, I mean, the size of his balls at that stage yeah. of his life was just astronomical. I think it's faded a bit, sadly, or it's just, I don't know what's happened. But that as a moment is just, I can't not admire it. Yeah, I, I reckon I, Luka I, Modric is still livid now to this day. <laughs> 
I loved um, the, the obvious Palace goal, right, which is just as good a goal as you get. He got a very similar one against Man United away as well when we had Mourinho. Which... That was 10 times better than the Palace one. Yeah. Unbelievable, that. Yeah. Brilliant goal. For me, my, my favourite goal that he scored was away at Arsenal in the Cup. We knocked him out 2-0. Oh, changed that lot. Off. He checks yeah, it down. Played, and he, yeah, he takes yeah. the ball on the half volley, dinks it over check and just like yeah. runs to the Spurs fans. And it was just like, I was watching that in a, in a pub with Jay and with Stato, packed full of Arsenal fans. And it was just, it was brilliant. What memories. That yeah. was a great game. That was 2-0, wasn't it? And that was, because yeah. it was just the one ball from... Uh, what's the face? Gazaniga, Kane, Kane, look up, dink over the top, and it was ah. Oh, that's why if I when I search for Tottenham Arsenal, that's always the first thing on YouTube that comes up because I've watched that so many times, and it's always because I always just rewind it back to that just before that bit starts. Yeah. Even Brilliant. in Jose's, was it Jose's first game when he sort of fell off the the byline and still managed to keep the ball in? I mean, even that was just uh, very few players would have done that on our side. Yeah. Good luck to him. Cool. Um, should we do Maldini or Roden? We could do Brighton. We doing Brighton? We talking about Brighton? We'll do Brighton first. Well, we've finished on a big nut. <laughs> uh, Brighton in the cup. <laughs> Brighton in the cup this Saturday, um, 8 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be a tough game, you know. Like I do think Brighton are a, a very well drilled team they are we always talk don't we about sides that just sort of know their job do this do that and I think Brighton are are a definite example of a team that know what they've got to do when they step on the pitch every time we play Brighton it's an uncomfortable game it has been for the last two three seasons we've not had a comfortable win against them at any point so I fully expect this to be a really really difficult game and we're going to have to be right at it to actually you know beat them and get through to the next round so mm. I think it's going to be very tight I could like, I could see a 1-0 or 2-1 maybe even sort of you know at 90 minutes it's sort of locked in uh, it wouldn't surprise me so a, a tough game for me I think this week yeah, yeah. they're well coached they aren't they yeah they've drawn their last three including one against Chelsea and one against um, Leicester mm. they've got some good players as well Mopay's not bad Basuma Dunk um, they lack a centre forward didn't they if they had a, a good striker you'd think Think they could be a really dangerous team. They just lack that the, clinical player at the top end. They've got mm. Lalana there, and they've got Welbeck, like players who really wanted to succeed, like good English players, but never quite did it. You know, um, mm. yeah. Shane Duffy's there as well. He's all right, like, but and yeah. I, I, Webster at the back. I'll tell you what. Adam Webster is a seriously underrated centre half at the back for them. Um, everyone has obviously used to talk about Ben White, Lewis Dunk, but like. He is, su- I'm surprised that nobody's looked at him. I'm surprised that, I know England have got a lot of centre-halves, but like, I, I honestly, I think he's extremely underrated. He can play from the back, he's good in the air, he reads the game. Like, I'm surprised nobody's had a look at him. England's got a lot of average centre-halves, I'll give you that. Yeah, well, Very few standouts. Then, yeah. you know, most players would have a chance. And um, What do you both think, for, do you think we'll get through on Saturday? 3-0. I, th- I think it'll be more comfortable. I think it'll be like 1-0 by the end of the first half and maybe they'll come back and maybe it'll be 3-1, but I think I don't think it'll be that, as difficult as you say. I just, we've got too much now and I think there's, the, the team's getting tighter. Like there's a lot of right, come on, let's go do it. I'm, I'm fully, I, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I'd say 2-0 is a par really, isn't it? Um, something like this, which doesn't mean it's going to happen as we know more than you know most fans I'd suggest. But I think with Conte there, with him having made a few changes, the spirit should be good. Um, there'll be new faces at the ground at least and you know on the bench presumably. Romero's back, he's at home. I think there's lots of reasons why it could work. Yeah, and It's important for us to get through as well, you know. It's like FA Cup. Yeah. It's like the last viable thing that we can challenge for other than, you know, trying to get Champions League football. In terms of trophies, the last thing we can potentially win this season so I think it's important a cup run can do a lot for morale as well it's like mm. you know if you have a good January transfer window if we were to win like really well at the weekend it's sort of like you, there'd be a feel-good factor again of like right here we go like we're ready for these next few months we can actually go and do something um mm. the age-old question FA Cup or top four what are you taking uh top four for me yeah Has top to four be. now I deeply love the FA Cup, but for the summer, we need Champions League football. We need to bring it in, so it has to be that. Um, 
I think I, I also I also and I'm probably probably guilty of saying this last year and the year before, but I think this year there is a real opportunity to get fourth. And I didn't think that at the start of the year there'd even be a sniff. You look how much money United have spent, not just on players, but their overheads, their salaries is ludicrous. It's like two and a half times ours. So the fact that we even stand a hope in hell of getting top four over them is is quite amazing. And I think the opportunity is definitely there. And I think for the benefit of the club for the you know probably even short-term future of Conte and Kane and so on and so forth it, it needs to be prioritized because well, City is so far ahead now winning it's gone and so mm. there's not quite the need for points from Chelsea or Liverpool like I I, I don't it doesn't mean they're going to lose all the time but they might lose one or two more games yeah and so that it might be to us you know they they, they we're not I don't know I, there's a lot of opportunity out there I think yeah, agree. Um, should we do ISD's favourite quiz? Let's do yeah. it. So, Charles, it's on you. You've been writing this for weeks now. <laughs> yeah, after you reminded me earlier. <laughs> right, so the quiz was we've got Maldini or Dominguez. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Everyone's favourite diminutive sweet. winger. I adored him. I adored him. Right, so can you, answers, cover, can you do the on. rules, mate? Do the rules that you're yeah. making us play to. Yeah, okay. So answers are decided by me. So it's done on preference alone, not necessarily stats. Points are rewarded by me. There is no VAR, there are no appeals. Um one point per correct answer, obviously. And because it's my rules, I've chucked in a couple of bonus points which are available. So you will get a, bo- a bonus point if you guess who I saw score on their debut against Spurs. Um, I was in the away end, sadly. And you get a bonus point if you guess my favourite player on the list not to have played for Spurs. And the clue with that is he he mentored a young Ronaldinho whilst at PSG, so there's a clue there. Okay, and we get... um... One guess at that, because otherwise I'll just get I'll get to all of them. <laughs> yeah. You, all right, you get you get two guesses. You get two guesses each. Fine. Okay. Come on then. Um, and it started just, just so it started as a tribute to forgotten Premier League players, but I was worried that they might be too long forgotten uh, to make a quiz out of it. So I've had to I've had to garnish it with some more known names. So it's a bit of a hybrid. Right. So are you, are you happy to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one then, right, we've got Roberto Mancini or Patrick Clivert. Uh, we'll go to ASD to start. Clivert. Yeah, I would have to say Patrick Clivert. Yeah, right, you're both right. Nice. Robinho or Adrian Mutu? Oh, I'm going to go Robinho. Now, Robinho, I'm pretty sure that Milan... The police in Milan have just put an international arrest warrant, or they're about to put an international arrest warrant out for Rubinho. Um So I'm going to go for Mutu. But don't forget, Mutu got sacked from Chelsea, didn't he? For, <laughs> for yeah, yeah. 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 So, he's, okay. he's been re- rehabilitated now. Well, I um, I wasn't aware of that um, that warrant, so the point goes to Jack there for Rubinho. <laughs> I saw a quote. I saw a quote from him recently. I assume it's not true about he thought he was signing for United when he moved to City. Brilliant. Have you heard that? Brilliant. No, it sounds like it probably is true. Yeah, you can you can believe it. You can definitely believe it. But right, we're going back in time slightly here. So we've got Fernando Hierro or Ivan Campo. I mean, Sam Allardyce, Bolton days. Yeah, Ivan Campo. It has to be Hierro, surely. Oh, it's a leveller for ASD. No, it's Ivan Campo. Just <laughs> him and his guitar. What a man. What a man. What a signing. What a signing. <laughs> right, so next we have got Juninho. Or Tino Aspria. Well, that is hard. I mean, my my gut said Janino. Me too. Me too. Because Aspria is a bit of a cult hero for Newcastle, but Janino, everyone loves Janino. No, you're both wrong, I'm afraid. It was Tino (laughs) all the way. Tino all the way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that little rubber leg, man. (laughs) Uh, JJ Okacha or Yossi Benayoun? You ASD, I think, kind of first. Oh, is it um, JJ? Yeah. That's the yeah. 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 All right. So good they named him twice. Uh, Yossi Ben Ayun basically doing a tour of London, wasn't it? Chelsea, Arsenal, and West Ham. In- I remember 
Alan Davis talking on his podcast about he was sat behind some Pacific Jews in uh, the Emirates who sang, he's a Jew, he's a Jew, he's Yossi Ben Oyun. And they loved him. <laughs> Decent player. Decent yeah, player. Yeah. Um, but I saw, um, did, uh, I'm looking it up recently, JJ's career, and I saw that when he first, because he first uh, played for Hull before he was at Bolton, and he said it was a move that God had told him to sign for Hull. And I'm I'm not a religious man, but I think that suggests that if God does exist, he's a bit of a dick. And also, there's no, other ex- there's no other explanation to go to Hull, is there, other than that? <laughs> Can I guess Cliver mentoring Ronaldinho as well, please? That's one of your one of your guesses gone, mate. No, it was oh. not Clivert. Who was? No googling, no Google. I can see. Well, I'm going to Google that one now because. <laughs> well, who? Because Ronaldinho's debut goal is the best debut goal of all time. Like if you haven't seen it, I think it's against Sevilla, and I can't remember uh, who the manager was. I think I'm. Anyway, next. Next goalkeepers: Massimo Taibbi or Fabian Barthez. Fabian Barthez. Oh, because he was a he was flawed. He was without the genius, but Taibbi really wasn't. I'm I'm going to go the same. Yeah, yeah. It's a point each. A brilliant five-a-side player, apparently. Probably not in goal. No, no, no. Exactly <laughs> that. No, it wasn't. I have got Fiver and Reichard mixed up. Wow. That's the new second. Wow. Yeah. That could cost you points, mate. I'm inventing a new rule. Um, it's United versus City now, so it's Falcao or Joe. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. Joe, God, he, he ended up at Everton as well, didn't he? Ever- all these players. They always do. They always do. Yeah. Like, obviously, sorry, Jack, go on. Um, Falcao, not for his yeah. contribution at United, but just did Joe contribute anywhere? What's what are you guessing for? What are you going for, ASD? Yeah, Falcao. Falcao's a yeah. decent player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falco won it just for the headband. Right. Um, he, he was a legitimately good player. Next. Five apiece, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to ASD for the next one. Is that right? So we've got jo- yeah. George Weyer or Henrik Larsson. Oh, I love Larsson. I love that like, when he snapped his leg in... Uh, in uh, Celtic and they kept the metal bar in it so he would he would have a super bionic leg. However, Weyer, AC Milan, right? I can see him that it has to be Weyer. Yeah. Even if it's just for that goal. Yeah. Wasn't it was he world football I'd go the same. Was he was he world footballer of the year as well, wasn't he? So I mean, yeah, it's gotta be. It's hard making these pairings. I told you it's hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you've missed your opportunity to see who I scored, uh, saw score his debut goal for Chelsea versus Spurs um, in the final minutes, George Weyer. Well, can't we retrospectively go back or do we have to? Not now. Some... No, not now. Not now. It's too oh, late. Well. Right. There's no VAR. That was stipulated at the start. It of the was. Quiz. Yeah, I made that abundantly clear. <laughs> right. Paolo Di Canio or Fabrizio Ravanelli? This is for you, Jack. Oh. Controversial characters. I'm going to go to Canio. I was, I was going to go to Canio, but purely because of his links to the extreme right, I'm going to go Ravanelli. That's a point for Jack. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not taking extremist views into account here. I've got the morals no. of an alley cat. Um, gold medal made out of Nazi gold there, so I'm, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, midfielders now. Eric Jemba Jemba or Didier Deschamps? I think World Cup winner Didier Deschamps. Yeah, but I've but I yeah. done this based on his Premier League career. Yeah. Oh, it's just Premier League career. I didn't realise. I'm going Deschamps anyway. But Where was he at in the Premier League? Was he Newcastle? Chelsea. Chelsea. Um, I'm going to go Jemba Jemba just to try and mix up the scores. Oh, it's ASDs. That's, that's seven that's a piece a now. This yeah. is close. Come, can, right. I, can I have a guess that Deschamps was the player that mentored a young... Did he come for at PSG? You can have a guess, but you're, you're wrong, mate. You're wrong. Actually, I won't I'm have afraid. a guess. I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you've still got two then. Right, next is uh, t- Tony Yaboa or Georgie King Cladzi. Who is it? I think it might be uh, I think it's, Maybe, I think it's me, actually. I'm going to go Tony Yaboa, and I've got a brilliant story about this, that... 
just before Christmas, I was out in Covent Garden with a few friends having a few drinks and this proper Essex geezer with his girlfriend, like, we we're in a really small wine bar, he like bowled it in and he was like, hey, like going around talking to everybody. So I've got, to, I, I literally, I found him hilarious just because he's just coming and wrecked everyone's evenings. Yeah. I was talking to him for about half an hour, this guy, I was fascinated. I couldn't remember what his name was, but he was the third choice goalie at AFC Wimbledon. He showed me all these pictures, he showed me his Wikipedia page and he was the guy that was in goal when Tony Yeboah scores that horrendous goal, you know where he hits it from 25 yards and it's rolling into the keeper and the keeper goes to pick it up and it bobbles yeah. up. That guy was the goalie. So <laughs> purely based on that logic, it has to be Tony Yeboah. Wow. I'm going, I mean, I'm going Georgie Kentucky again for his time at City. Was he in the Premier League with Derby as well? He was, uh, was he there with the Derby? I think he was for a spell, but he was mostly City, wasn't he? And and, and that gives yeah. you a point, ASD. He was an absolute magician. I adored Tony Yabur, but Georgie Kinkladze, to me, he was he was a Latvian Zola. He was better. He was incredible. <laughs> Latvia, which is not Eastern Europe, it's Northern Europe. I I, I didn't realise until I, I worked with someone from Latvia. Hmm. Right, what, yeah. it's a what it's a one-hit wonder pairing now. So Federico Macheda, if you remember him at United, or Michu. Oh, Michu, Michu. Michu did it for like one season. Macheda did it for one game. He scored one goal against Aston Villa. I'm going to go Macheda just for the goal. <laughs> just for the goal. I think that goal was a bigger moment than Michu's collective moments. Surely that's the point for me. What are you going for, ASD? Meet you. Ah, you're two ahead now, ASD. This is nice. It's <laughs> potting up. Yeah, you got to give it to him. He did it over the course of a season. Makeda looked great for 90 minutes. But, um, no, he didn't, right. didn't he come on? He came on now. Uh, he was a substitute. Yeah. He was a super sub, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's 35. He's, he's retired now, Meet you. Just looking out. Sorry. I, I, uh, going back to the players who are retired, Jemba Jemba, who I think I played with Deshaun, he still plays, apparently. Um, presumably badly, but he still plays. Um, right, next we've got United potential. I say flops. Flops is unfair. Juan Sebastian Veron or Angel Di Maria? Purely Premier League. Okay. Uh, Veron? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with that. Di Maria, I, I thought that they, that was an unreal signing when they got Di Maria, but Veron, what a player. It just... He was too early. It was in a 4-4-2 days, wasn't it? It's just like, yeah. it didn't fit Veron. Veron. Yeah, you're both right. You're both right. Did you see him play in the um, Legends game at the new stadium? Ridiculous. Oh, God, he could he still play. He was insane. He would literally, he'd pick the ball up on the edge of his box and just run to the edge of the Spurs box and have a shot. It was yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. It was in fact, and then we wheeled Gather on. Yeah. <laughs> David Howes oh, was there yeah. just trying to like kick him, wasn't he? And Veron yeah. just get out of the way. Oh, he looked fantastic. Uh, right, Chelsea. David Luiz or Ruth Hullett? Surely Ruth Hullett. Surely. Premier League. Oh. Yeah, Ruth Hullett's one of the all-time greats. Like, isn't he on the... When you play FIFA, like, isn't he just one that everybody has on that, on the bit you play for? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go Ruth Hullett. You have to go for Ruth Hullett. Yeah, that was a tap-in. Great yeah. player, terrible manager. Yeah. Right, the next one might be a bit of a stretch in terms of I've pushed this back to the kind of late or mid to late 90s, but we'll see what happens. Thomas Brolin or Benito Carboni? Who's going first? I mean, I've not heard the first play, I'm not going to lie, so I have to go Carboni. Didn't... T- Brolin, did he play for Arsenal? Is that right? Brolin? He played for Leeds. Okay, got that wrong. Um, he was like an even fatter Jan Mulby. Oh, I'll go Carboni. <laughs> he played for Sheffield Wednesday, didn't he? My auntie got me a yeah. Sheffield Wednesday ball when I was in year two. And yeah. uh, so I had a little bit of a, 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 a love affair with Sheffield Wednesday until Carl Meek kicked it on top, kicked the ball on top of the roof. Oh, what an ass. Right. Yeah. Twelve ten, you both get a point there. Benito Carboni yeah. scored a great bicycle kick when it was like at a time mid nineties where I don't think anyone in England knew you were allowed to score a bicycle kick. It was just it was just fantastic. Yeah. 
Right, so these they're they're more so more known players now. So Andrew Cole or Dwight York. Well, Andrew Cole didn't play in the Premier League, did he? It was Andy Cole back then, so yeah, true. <laughs> embarrassed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it me? Is it me, or is it you? I think it's you, SD. I'm going Dwight York because they're both part. I'm going Dwight York. Andy Cole. Oh, Jack Claw's one back. Jack is correct. I just think he did it from Villa as well, didn't he? I bet that was my, my logic. Uh, Cole did it for Newcastle. Wow, did he? And Fulham and City. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and Dwight York's a shit dad as well, so... Yeah. The ethics are now part of the scoring system. <laughs> mate, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Final say. There's no logic here, mate. <laughs> Well, speaking of dads, this is a famous dad's one. Jordi Cruyff or Stephen Clements? Um, Do you remember uh, Jordi Cruyff playing? Let's let's go Stephen Clements. Yeah, I'm going the same because, yeah, yeah. Jordi didn't do it, did he? No, but I I actually decided there were no points for that round because they both tarnished (laughs) such a great name. Imagine that, Jordi Cruyff, he was terrible, and Stephen Clements, he only got in because of his dad. Um, right, Paul Gascoigne or Gianfranco Zola? I think it's USD for this one. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Gasco Gaza, probably one of the best players England's ever created. Yeah, I'd agree. Gaza, every day. Yeah. Easy. Eric Cantona or Alan Shearer? Oh, oh, that is a that's a toughie. And it's a um, one. Alan Shearer purely because of goals, but Cantona. Yeah, Shearer. Shearer, all day long. No, you're both wrong. James Milner or Gareth Barry? I'm going to have a guess that Cantona is your favourite non-Spurs player. Oh no, no, not far (laughs) off though. Not far off. Uh, James Milner or Gareth Barry? Milner. Oh, who's it? Me, Milner. Yeah. Gareth Barry. Oh, it's Milner. That's a two-goal advantage again. Pablo Zabaleta or Patrice Evra? You do get the tricky one. Patrice Evra. It feels like I'm going Zabaleta just because he, yeah. That's ASD again, 15 oh, 12. No. Nice. Okay. Um, Jamie O'Hara or Tom Cleverly? <laughs> <laughs> Some quality quite right there. One, actually. Uh, um, ASD, I think it's you. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Jamie O'Hara. No, it, it has to be Tom Cleverly. Yeah, Why? What's he done? What is one is one pretty much everything in the English game. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Tom Tom Cleverly. Tom Cleverly is your point there. Right, this one this one I know it's been done and I know it gets asked all the time, but it really annoys me when people get this wrong. So Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Messi. Yeah. Easy. Well, that's a point in, I think right. if we'd have both said Ronaldo, we would have lost all of our points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all respect I once had. Right, Chelsea loanees now. Billy Gilmore or Conor Gallagher? I mean, it's, it's flipping a coin. Um, the first one. You're going Gilmore. Gilmore. All right, I'll, go, I'll go Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher's the point. So there's only one in it now. Nice. I was three ahead a minute ago. I've clawed a couple back. Yeah. Oh, well, that's how it works. <laughs> Right, there's a few left. So, Andros Townsend or Theo Walcott? I mean, Townsend has to be. I think if Walcott. the answer if, if the answer's Walcott, the quiz has got to be cancelled, isn't it? Walcott. <laughs> you going Walcott, that's ASD? A, yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a, it's an equaliser for Jack. Then yeah. look at that. Right, Anthony Walcott's Martial or Anthony Martial or Danny Welbeck. Martial. Welbeck. Oh, ASD's back in front. Easy. This Easy. is nice. This is good. All right, there's only, what's this? One, two, three, four left. Leighton Baines or Julian Dix? 
Oh, that's a good one. Um, solid, a couple of solid left backs there. I mean, Julian Dix is more than a solid left back, wouldn't he? He just wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. Um, Leighton Baines for the haircut. <laughs> there was a period. Just a shit Bradley Wiggins. Yeah. There was a period where the answer to every pub quiz and trivia question was Leighton Baines, and it still is Leighton Baines. No, you're both wrong. Julian Dix. Julian Dix. I don't know what it is about that, about him, but I just thought he was the dog's bollocks. He was just quality. Um, right, Musa Dembele or Michael Carrick? Who's first for this? My mate, uh, um, Michael Carrick. It has to be Michael Carrick because Dembele didn't do anything. <laughs> I loved Michael Carrick. Oh. I'm going to go Dembele. I'm going to go Dembele. Right, before I, before I reveal the answer, um, you annoyed me the other week, ASD, and I think you annoyed Chris too with your bad mouthing of Musa. So this is me celebrating an equaliser for Jack. <laughs> but on what grounds? Because you said based on Premier League career and Michael Carrick was the heart of Man United. Mate, there's no rules. There's no there rules. Are, yeah. okay? We've been here before. I feel like we've had this chat. I feel like you can't do an Echoes of Glory podcast quiz and expect there to be logic. <laughs> so well, it's it's got... 17 all and we've got two more questions. This one's a bit rogue. Steve McManaman or Gooty? Who never played in the Premier League, I accept. Uh, it, it, but they it did share to... a pitch for Madrid. I'm going to go Guti because he's got the greatest assist in the history of football. I'm going to go Stevie Mac. <sighs> is the correct answer. <gasps> I was at the Real Madrid game in 99 when they played Olympiacos. And I was there with about 30 other Brits. And um, Maka came on for Guti in about the 80th minute. And we all went, I've never rated him, I've never liked him, but it was an English lad at Real Madrid. It cost about two quid to get in. It was insane. We all went mad and all the Spanish fans just turned around and thought we were total nutjobs. Thinking, who the hell has travelled this far to see Stevie? Right, so there's only one in it. So the final one is Maldini or Jose Dominguez. ASD's first, so I'm just going to first. Yeah. Well, I mean, because on the basis of this quiz, the answer could be Mourinho. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go Dominguez. Well, then I'm going to go Maldini. Oh, ASD wins that. Well oh. played. God, that was close. That Two was in a row. Close. Two in a yeah. row. <laughs> <laughs> and my I, my favourite player to not play for Spurs was JJ Okacha. There we go. Uh, and who was it? it was the, right other, the other one. We didn't talk about right cards. Who was the messy one? No, uh, Ronaldinho one. JJ Okacha, same guy. What is it? So if I oh. he went He's to mentored. PSG from uh, Bolton. Yeah. So he was there when Ronaldinho, I think, was like nineteen, mm. and um, he attributes JJ for uh, his development or part of. What a player he was! Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. What a, and what a quiz! Wow. <laughs> My turn next week, so that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Um, There's well, no uh, rules though, though, so don't worry. I'm going to completely tear up the non-existent <laughs> rule book for next week. So, <laughs> um, look, big game against Brighton on Saturday. Um, let's hope we get through. Put a bit of a cut round together. Um, pleasure talking to you both, Giles. Great to have you on. You have to come on. Uh, don't leave the gaps quite as long next time when you uh, when you do come on the pod again. Um, ASD, pleasure as always, mate. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. 
We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. Tottenham 